All right, hello, and welcome to Stasis Pod, the Transformers Rescue Bots podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Jen. Yo ho ho! It's the pirate's life for me. I'm David. Are you the dread pirate, David? Uh, obviously, I should be the dread pirate, pirate Robert. Ooh! <laughs> oh yeah. And yes, me hearties, we be watching a, every episode of Rescue Bots, and this one be episode number seventeen, the Lost Bell. Yay! It starts with piracy in. 1649. Not quite. I, I I hope you like episodes of children's television, because you're in one. <laughs> yeah, but it, it does start like... Well, it, this ship comes out of the fog like it's a ghost ship and starts cannoning an island. It's like, wait, any, what, anyway, we're getting uh, they, kind of serious? Is there a ghost ship? What? But no, it, it's just um, Cody telling a story. Anyway, anyway, this episode first aired June 30th, 2012, and was written by Frequent Rescue Bots episode writer Greg Johnson, who most recently wrote The Reign of Morocco. Oh. oh. Uh, but, and initially I was thinking, wait, the they, they open on a sign that says Griffin Rock, 1649. I thought, that's not how signs work. They don't just put the year <laughs> on the sign. But as we find sure out, this is Griffin Rock, 1812. Oh. And it's because oh. they say it was 200 years ago. I guess it was. And presumably this is taking place in 2012 when it aired. So this is 1812. Uh-huh. But 1649 is when Griffin Rock was founded. Oh, okay. Oh, so it's just a, I, I must have been looking down. I didn't even notice a date sign anywhere. Mm. So presumably that's a that's a founding thing yes. which you see every once in a while, which is always kind of adorable when you see them in America. Yeah. Like, Founded in, in 1910. It's like, oh, that's cute. Go I'm to in England. Virginia and everyone is very proud of their like old, not that old. <laughs> 70 year old buildings. Relatively old buildings. Yeah. And this uh, this pirate ship is the Oaken Crow. And Yay! I like crows. And it atta- it attacked the uh, the small town of Griffin Rock, took away all sorts of booty, but most specifically the settler's bell, a big bell in the town's uh, lighthouse that had a big griffin on it. And it was. Do lighthouses normally have bells? I'm not sure. That. Does, hmm, I wouldn't think It's so, usually more like, of a town hall thing. Yes, you want the bell in the center of the town so people can hear it, and you want a lighthouse at the edge of the damn water so people in water can see it. Yes. Like, you want it as far into the water as you can get without being underwater. You know, I, I am perfectly willing to overlook that uh, just for having references to a lighthouse here. Hmm. Uh, Having so, just watched that movie, <laughs> are, are, are you fond of me, li- of me oh, lobster, Jen? I never knew I wanted just like two hours of Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson being extremely weird at each other <laughs> and trying to sleep with mermaids, but here we are. And also, uh, my uh, my impression of uh, Willem Dafoe in that movie is also precisely just my old pirate voice. Yes, and because that's exactly the voice he's doing. He's just doing an old pirate. Like, like voice. he's he's, great. he's the live action old sea captain from The Simpsons. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yar, that'll be replacing the whale in me nightmares. 
Ah, uh, don't be spilling your beans. You spilled your beans. <laughs> I need to see this movie. You should definitely see it. You 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 like things with tentacles, right? How do you, how do you feel about seagulls? <laughs> I don't really like seagulls. Good. But... Well, this may not help. You're well suited okay. <laughs> to it then. All right. Anyway, so Cody's telling a story about this pirate ship 200 years ago. And then um, the ship was never seen again. Yes. Uh, Heatwave makes fun of it being pff, only 200 years ago or, or ancient history or something. Anyway, and... Which is fair, yeah. Cody they, tells they, him uh... about how, how the pirates took their booty. Um, <laughs> I guess that's the correct term, but it, ju- it just sounds weird. To have small children what? talking about booty, grabbing booty, it's always booty. taking their yeah, booty. Yeah, there is tis the pirates' them. booty. That's what pirates take. That's that's why the place in World of Warcraft is called Booty Bay. Well, yes, but I, I'm trying to remember it being used in cartoons when I it's was a kid. It's not just I, because of the troll beach parties. <laughs> well, yeah, oh yeah, that was a good RP one. Anyway, but it, it, I don't remember booty being as common of a term like when I was a kid and pirates would show up and be like, treasure, not booty. Mm, it's booty. Anyway, anyway, I like that Chase is very excited for this episode to end because he wants to see those pirates brought to appro- the appropriate justice. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, oh, what is it? It is a bit of the episode. He says, uh, uh, people gather to share their anger over the theft of personal property about founders. Day. <laughs> yes. I do appreciate that, that we just sort of touch lightly on Founders Day and don't go into anything that's going to cause too much, like, introspection on colonialism yeah. <laughs> the, the normal sort of stuff you get around thanksgiving so so that's nice i mean i'm we're just i'm just going to assume that nobody lived on griffin rock i mean that's probably fair and and yes they're like why the the uh rescue bots are like why is it such a big deal that they just like came to a place that was very nice and had lots of stuff around and (laughs) we're fine like this doesn't seem founding griffin rock does not sound like a huge accomplishment also 200 years ago ha that was like yesterday to us we are robots (laughs) also would you believe that this is only the first of two pirate themed rescue bots episodes but they're on an island how can't they have more episodes (laughs) yeah yeah, with as many seasons and episodes they got you think maybe they do it more also, kids are super into pirates, even though thanks to Disney, they they do not always understand the true purpose of pirates. <laughs> referencing that, that kids book where it mentions that pirates do not steal things that belong to other people. <laughs> like that's literally what pirates do. What the hell, Disney? Just like one of their little like preschool shows that has pirates. Oh right, it's like it's some sort of Peter Pan spinoff. I mm-hmm. think something like that. Right. I know there is one like that. I don't know if that's the same one. I don't. <laughs> this is 
it's not one my nephews watch, and unless it's Transformers or something my nephews watch, I don't know anything about preschool programming. Unless it shows up as memes about what piracy is. Uh, so anyway, Cody has to cut things short because he is late to his lad pioneer meeting, which is definitely the... Yes. Pre- mentioned in the previous episode, it is the version of the Boy Scouts that we don't have to po- pay the Boy Scouts to mention. <laughs> yes. Also, that... Well, I guess, yeah, that's the biggest thing. Though I do sort of wonder if he's still using that, like, handbook from the 50s, or if that was just, like, one that their grandpa had lying around or yes. something. Or whether they're still referencing it. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure the Girl Scouts, like, updated stuff more often than that. But anyway, he can't uh, get to that meeting because there's a, there's a storm a Bruin. Someone killed a seagull. Ah, no! They're never getting off this rock now. Uh, they're gonna just have to start drinking a bunch of turpentine. Yep. <laughs> oh my god, that movie was so weird. It was so great and so weird. Also, occasionally I'll have to do overnight shifts at work, and if I have a chance, I'll lead up to it by staying up really late uh, on preceding nights. So I started watching that movie at two in the morning. Oh, that's not a good idea. Which is definitely the best time. <laughs> I I will just say I, I did not go to bed afterwards and immediately fall asleep. <laughs> So, uh, good, good preparation for staying up all night. <laughs> uh, so anyway, the team has to roll out because, as usual, it, this is a big storm and this is causing calamities across Griffin Rock. Griffin Rock. <clears throat> yes, it's like a big ol', you know, New England storm. Yeah. Our nor'easters are brewing, boys. <gasps> oh no! And yeah, we cut to Griffin Rock Airport where somebody's Cessna is on the loose. <laughs> yes, and there and there is so, there is a pilot there who is trying to batten down the hatches, and he is assisted by uh, by Blades and Danny at the cost of botching up one of uh, Blades' rotors. Yes, Blades goes to catch the plane, and it shoves him back into something that bends up one of his rotors. And also, Danny is very distracted here. Uh, she's making, as it says, gushy eyes at this pilot. Yes. Yeah, which sounds painful. <laughs> Although, like, some like his character model of this pilot guy looks kind of old. It's weird. Yeah. I, I mean, he looks like an adult. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, compared to like Danny, looks like she's in her twenties. This guy kind of looks like he's heading towards fifty. <laughs> uh, anyway, this is Taylor, who later becomes a recurring character, and will eventually be voiced by Roger Craig Smith. Uh, probably best known as Sonic the Hedgehog. Wait, which <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog? The one who isn't Urkel. I was oh, going to say not gonna Jaleel say... White. Not Jaleel White. Yeah, it's like Jaleel White is the only one I know other than whoever the crap comedian they got for the new movie. Yeah, Ben Schwartz. Wait, wait, wait. Did you say crap comedian? <laughs> oh, I don't know. we're going to have to I'm sorry. I say, is somebody denigrating Jean-Ralphio Saperstein? I don't know anything about him. Sonic is like my only frame of reference, a movie I haven't seen. And like the fact that there was somebody else between him and Jaleel White who voiced Sonic is kind of a surprise to me. Well, he's he's also either Huey, Louie or Dewey. Oh, uh, Dewey, I believe. Okay. So I've seen him in okay. two episodes. 
bench words. Like the, right. Oh, I guess there was the this newer CGI Sonic cartoon, the goofy one. I guess that wasn't Jaleel White. I haven't really seen episodes no, of that. No, I, th- I think it's this guy. I've only seen clips of that, and most of them involve Knuckles being an idiot. Yes. Anyway, he's going to show up a lot more because he's also in a bunch of Robots in Disguise. Oh. Ooh. Is he like a a small blue furry? He creature? is not. He is uh he's a bunch of minicons. Oh. Ah. Aw, I like minicons. So anyway, uh yeah, so th- these two are making gooshy eyes at each other. Uh blades have to walk back to uh where everybody else is sandbagging stuff. So they uh, they go out, they're going to secure the docks. Uh the somebody has stacked the shipping crates too high. They get they promptly get struck by lightning. It falls, it knocks off the end of the pier, and then the robots and Cody just drift out to sea. Because once again, the robots are shown to be rather light and do not sink when on a small wooden craft. Yes. I mean, they might contain a lot of ballast. <laughs> by which I mean, like, air. Or discarded uh, sandwiches. Yes. <laughs> Discarded pizza, like, please. It's just like trying to think like a fire truck and a bulldozer floating on a little wooden plank. Like, it, it, okay, sure, physics once again thrown out the window. Yep, try not to think. If you're wondering how they eat eat and breathe (laughs) and other science facts. Yeah. (laughs) Repeat to yourself, it's just a children's cartoon. I should really just relax. Really just relax. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that is about it for the peril in this episode, which is some pretty high peril. Yeah, it's it's like, fairly serious peril. Like, compared to some recent episodes like bear attacks and things, it's like, there's a threatening storm, oh, we're floating out to water. Okay, being crushed by a crate was almost bad, but that was just a uh, dad, I guess. It was closest to that. Mm-hmm. Eh. So they get, they get washed out to sea. They promise that, you know, they, they're soon... Sent out of communications range, but they promise they will take care of Cody. Mm-hmm. Yes, they absolutely will. This is very important because once again we get an episode that's just all of the momming, mm-hmm. but mostly pretty badly. Yes, not doing the best job of it. Uh, but yes, they they wash up on this little island, and and someone says something about like it it being uninhabited. So, so what does that make us inhabitants? <laughs> and and Cody is very excited to be a castaway because this is this is the stuff of boys' adventure. Yes, sure. I guess very you never fun. read Lord of the Flies or saw a Castaway or well, I guess his only frame of reference I mean, probably would have been Gilligan's Island, considering his cheerfulness. Or you know, um, Robinson Crusoe. Nah, Robinson uh, wasn't, Crusoe. Yeah, Mars. I mean, wasn't he uh, Really have a lot of reason to believe that he's in seriously mortal peril. No. So long as, you know, he can find the basic necessities for long enough for, for the search to happen. Uh, maybe if, uh, if he was anything like my, uh, if his childhood was anything like mine with a, uh, video store stocked with weird old 60s crap, I may have seen In Search of the Castaways with Haley Mills and Maurice Chevalier. Ooh. 
Yeah, if if I had washed up on an island like this as a kid, I would have definitely been disappointed if there weren't dinosaurs. Well, yeah. I remember there being some movie that my dad put on that was like that. It was, or I think it was like the island at the top of the world or something, and it it ended up not having dinosaurs, and I was really disappointed. Ah. Uh. 1974's The Island at the Top of the World, oh. starring, also a Disney movie. Oh. Yes. Uh, starring, among others, uh, Mako. Mako? Mako. I'm pretty sure. Mako. Uh, Point is, no dinosaurs. Yeah. No. And it looked exactly like the kind of movie that would have dinosaurs. Apparently it had a lost civilization of Vikings. Oh. Yes, which as a kid I was not as excited about as I would have been dinosaurs. <laughs> no. How about dinosaurs and Vikings? That would have been good. I would have been okay with that. Anyway, so the uh, the first thing they do, of course, you got to build a shelter. So the robots, they get to work, they build a shelter. Badly. Uh, it, imme- it immediately falls down. Yeah. Uh, there's there's an almost identical <laughs> gag in Enemy Mine, which I recently rewatched. Yeah. Mhm. It's definitely a you tried yes. kind of shelter. They tried. <laughs> oh. It's it great jorb. Yeah, and in the process <laughs> they get scared by a puffin, which apparently make really creepy noises. Yes. Pork? A pork? <laughs> Is there a pork there? Man, you just see uh boulder roasting and eating a puffin. <laughs> no. Uh, you do see Cody roasting and eating a fish. Yeah. Yes. But fishes are not as good as puffins <laughs> or porks. Hmm. No, but but Cody has built his own shelter uh, because he's read the Lad Pioneer Handbook, and it totally works. He also starts a fire. Yes, <laughs> by rubbing two sticks together, which seems like a lot of work. It is possible. I have seen it done. Huh. I have a little fire starter thing for that, so. I'm set with my sweet outdoor skills. <laughs> my bear bell. Wait, was it a twisted fire starter? No, no, sadly. It should have been, though. That would have been much better. Uh, anyway, so, okay, they, so, okay, shel- we're going up the hierarchy of needs here. He's got shelter, now he needs food. So the, the rescue bots once more set out to get food. And they're not so good at it. There, There is a crab mishap. Yes, they're looking for clams. See, you have to find that little spot on the beach where there's a little water that goes sploot, and that's where you dig for clams. Yeah. Sorry, that, to that just... was an Animal Crossing reference. Oh. As opposed to just digging in the sand and hoping, I don't know, clams? They're in here somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> With a literal bulldozer, because <laughs> it's boulder. He's just scooping up giant things of like making an enormous pile of sand it's like uh, heat, clams yeah, heat wave almost gets some eggs but then blades has a crab mishap and nobody gets anything we even see the crab <laughs> getting away yeah yes. in the background there was there was a good little visual gag yes the the only one to successfully find anything was chase who finds a snail which he hears is a delicacy in france yeah <laughs> It's just this little snail scooting along in his hand. Cody is like, no. Yeah, I'm. I'm already. I've already caught and eaten this fish, guys. But uh, so. thanks, thanks for trying. Yeah. 
So now, hey, time for uh, time for ghost stories, which is a bad idea, given that Blades is in attendance. <laughs> you know he believes the ghosts are real. Yes, he's so good. Such a good baby. So anyway, he's about to throw another log on the fire, but Cody suddenly notices that it has a uh, big wooden crow on it. Mm. What? And it is, in fact, the masthead of the Oaken Crow. Although, does it, like, shouldn't it be on a curved piece of wood if it's the masthead? It's straight. It... Maybe it was attached to a curved piece? Or maybe some guy just, like, carved it while he was stuck there. You know, maybe it's just the scale. Mm-hmm. Are they made to spare? Maybe know. it curves further down. Not sure how it's like work. the earth. You look at the earth and it looks flat because yeah, oh. the scale. So, like, further down it would have started to curve. Mm-hmm. That's my vote. Okay. So, yeah, Cody, you know, he's all, okay, well, let's go find a pirate ship then. But he's all, like, no, it's it's, it's dark. We'll, we'll, we'll obviously die out here if we go looking for a pirate ship in the dark. Yes. So, or you'll scare Blades to death, at least. Also that. <laughs> So, so meanwhile, Griffin, everybody on Griffin Rock is out searching for the the lost uh, Cody, and you know, I guess the the peril in this is mostly emotional. Mm, yeah, yeah, it, it because, is. Because I mean, we know that Cody is fine, but his his dad and siblings do not. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are understandably extremely concerned. Yes, but we we rarely cut back to them, so the peril level is low. Well, I mean. It's not very interesting because we know they're not going to find him. Yeah. And all we're going to do is just get stressed out as we see these, you know, poor people wondering, you know, if their son, if their <laughs> son or brother is dead, being upset, or lost to the seas. No. Yeah. So it's what happens when you kill a seagull. Uh, can't, don't kill a seagull. So they, uh, so they go. The the next morning, Cody and the bots they're out looking for, uh, and he he's dubbed them. That even though they can't be lad pioneers, they are bot pioneers. Although Blades is really the only one who's interested in this. Yeah. Yes, understandably because he's adorable. Yes. And they all end up falling into a giant pit. Oops. Yeah, we, it's like I guess, like Cody says, like the pirates dug it out, but it looks more likely it's probably like. Natural sinkhole cave system or something, because it's rather large. And indeed, they find the Oaken Crow fully functional. Which, like, uh, at this point, it's like, oh, did somebody watch Goonies right before writing this episode? I, I, I yes, definitely we have, have one. We have, oh, go ahead. We have fallen into the Goonies. I was about to say, I, I definitely have one-eyed Willie in my notes here. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, suddenly we are in an episode of, well, not an episode. Suddenly we are at the ending of the Goonies. <laughs> yeah, so they, uh, so, so he gets on board, and uh, thankfully, even though these pirates are never seen again, this thing is not full of pirate skeletons. Yeah, I... <sighs> I mean, not that we see. <laughs> no, it's like, I guess they buried each other in Davy Jones' locker or something under the boat in the water. <laughs> Yeah, the, the lack of skeletons is like, mm, okay, sure, I'll get let you have that because it's a kids show. But uh, I think you could you could probably get away with uh, pirate skeletons on a on a kids show. It would have been nice to have one, mm. one little yeah. jump scare. I, I don't know about a jump scare. <laughs> you know, he's got a journey. Yar, I'd be the last. 
Although I, I guess the rest- maybe this like, is just a little too young for that. Yeah, it maybe. might be okay for a kids show, but the biggest problem would be trying to explain the skeletons to the bots on screen. Like just just imagine <laughs> Blades mean- freaking out and trying to explain it to him. I'm sure they've done enough research to know what a skeleton is. Also, seen old scary movies. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I think we've seen, we we know one of them seen Predator, so he's seen way more than skeletons. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yes. I've seen a man played alive. <laughs> Saw Carl Weathers get his arm shot off. Oh. Yeah, poor guys, poor little bots. Uh, they're too young for this. But there are no skeletons, but there is the Settler's Bell. Ding! Which is still, just despite being presumably like at least a ton or so, is is just sitting on, on the deck. Yes. Yeah, well, it it's holding the weight of all those robots, sure. The bell ain't nothing at this point. Yeah. It's, I guess that's fine. Art is the finest ship on the seven seas. Yes. Has a draft weight of 60 robots. Oh, <laughs> you know, Transformers been around for a while. Maybe they had like an ancient uh, cannonball as part of their crew. <laughs> oh. Tis where he learned the Maybe. craft of piracy, he did. <gasps> oh. Man, that cannonball is one of those characters that I'm kind of sad has never shown up in the cartoon. Yeah, I, even I think. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to remember if um, Robots in Disguise, the one that we're going to do later, had any pirates on it. It must have I, had a pirate on it. Piratey things. I forget if any of them actually had a piratey accent, but pre- presumably. Oh yes, um, but da da. Um, uh, Thermidor, the. Uh, oh right, yeah, one of the, the the blue lobster guy. The bisque, the bisque repaint. Yes, yeah. and he's. I think. I think he's Jim Cummings, if I remember correctly. Probably. Jim Cummings was Probably. one of those crab lobster guys. Well, well he was Clampdown, uh, but I think he might have also been... Yeah, Clampdown was the crab, right. which is not the same as a lobster, right. though it is a crustacean. Yes. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, I think he was also Thermidor. Mm. I say, just going off some vague yeah, so, memory so that that came up him, at some point. I probably ran up... The, it, it just... It's kind of sad that we don't... Ha- we haven't had Cannibal in a cartoon, and that the largest chunk of pirate laughable, entertaining, weird villains in any Transformers series is in, um, was it Beast Wars 2? Or, no. Oh, no, yeah, the, the Seacons. No, no. It, oh, it was No, no, it was, C- it was Beast Wars okay, 2. The, was, uh, oh, yeah, the Seacon repaint. I'm, my brain is yes. mixing wires. What was his name? King Poseidon or something? The the white version of the Seacons, which right. I kind of, oh, if, if they make the... Oh, white, the Beast Wars second one. If they make that deco with the new toys, I might have to get them. Well, I mean, didn't they make Tentacle from the lady mold? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, they, they kind of pre-tooled her, yeah. to, the, the, or him, her. Right. Of, uh, gender Scylla, or Scylla. Yes. Something along, however you pronounce it, yes. And she had, like, lipstick in squid mode. Oh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't actually <laughs> opened that one yet. I should do that after recording. That cartoon was so ridiculous. Yep. Uh, Why was it so, like that? So anyway, these pirates, I guess, sailed into this cove, and then it was sealed in by a rock slide, trapping them forever. So, yes, basically, yeah. welcome to the end yes. of Goonies. So they, you know, so Cody has an idea, you know, hey, I've got a perfectly good boat here, and 
although those pirates weren't able to clear those rocks, I have four giant robots with me. One of which is a literal bulldozer. That's right. So they clear the rocks, and it is time to set sail. And Blades gets into it. He's, you know, he's he's a vast Behardis. Hoist the jib and raise the yard arm, I, or the other way around. Kind of surprised he didn't like find a pirate hat and stick it on. It would have to be a huge pirate. Well, he could stick it on one of his little ear fins. I guess. Also, I mean, uh, also, if you're finding pirate hats, that does raise the question: of what happened to the head that used to be in it? Yes, but if. Just finding a hat off screen. Maybe I took I, that, it off that would, and then went off. somewhere else to die. Yeah, is it like the bots in this aren't really that big? They're kind of like what ten feet tall or so. That's true, but still bigger. You bigger couldn't wear a, a normal sized well, hat. Not comfortable. I I, fi- I find it hard enough to find a hat that fits me. A normal sized person with a largish head. <laughs> yeah, same. Also, someone who whose gender presentation does not match the size of hats that she is normally offered. I definitely have a men's department size head. Mine is, uh, as they say, like an orange on a toothpick. (laughs) So, yeah, they they set sail. And uh, although, you know, the Griffin Rock rescuers, you know, it's sun starting to go down, everybody's turning back. But then the Burns family hears the pealing of a bell. What? And the, and they hear Cody over the radio, and then they see a friggin' pirate ship. Yay! Just coming out of the yeah, fog, just like all dramatic, and it's it's pretty yes, it's pretty dramatic. Yeah, they so all is well. They they return the bell to the lighthouse. Cody and the lad pioneers ring it, and everybody celebrates uh, Founders Day. And Blades tries to, uh, he is really into this bot pioneers thing to the point of wearing a, uh, a scarf. Yeah, a little neckerchief thing. Yes. And it's very and cute. Nobody else is into it. No. I, he's totally into it though. I mean, you would think Chase, Chase like Listen, that, that, that neckerchief is not regulation. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot add it to my uh, my repertoire. So yeah, that is uh, that is it for the Lost Bell. I I kind of like this one a lot. It's very low key, but you know, it's just kind of Cody having a fun adventure, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah. it's less peril than we've gotten for a while, but like, I guess it is better than the last episode with its weirdness of falling out of the sky and, and silliness, unreasonably aggressive bears. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, yeah, it was a cute episode. You just, you have the, like, bots having their whole not really quite understanding how Earth and human stuff works, and it's a fun little adventure. Yes. All right, so I believe also, it's... Also, when they're having the big, like, celebration at the end, uh, when uh, Danny's new love interest flies over. He's got like a banner, and for a second I thought the banner behind his plane was a pride banner, and this I was did about think to go in too. a very different direction. Well, it's, it's, it's like, like, sorry, Danny. Red, yellow, and green? Maybe those are like the colors of the Griffin Rock yes. flag or something. Maybe, or it means some maritime. Yeah. What's his yeah. It's like, oh no, Danny, sorry. <laughs> womp womp. I'm by. it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it it was just like a three stripe flag, but it was against like the blue of the sky, so 
So, no, it was not a pride flag. I just thought it was for a moment and thought this was poor, poor Danny's love interest subplot was immediately going to come to a crashing halt. Or become a lot more interesting. <laughs> Alright, so now I believe it's time to turn for to David with Tokusetsu Corner. Yes, this week on QQ Sentai GoGo5! Matoy's Bridal Candidate! Uh, Matoy being the name of the Red Ranger. Um... Oh no, is there marrying? Is this hetero no, bullshit? No, please no, because it turns okay. out, well, the bridal thing is just a reference that Dad makes talking about the character one shot for this. It, uh, she's a nine year old. Mm. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Like the dad like says something like, oh, I wish we had someone like this would end up being your bride because she's good at cooking and doing laundry and stuff. Uh, so hetero bullshit. This is hetero yes, bullshit. It's, That's it, I'm going home. The title of the episode and dad are like the bad part of the episode. It's like, what is it? Um, Red is kind of being a jerk to his siblings again. Because he's harassing, he, he's effectively like momming at them, like, "Oh, you need to do that. You need to clean up. You need to practice that." And then they're like, "Isn't it your turn to make dinner?" And he's like, "Um, yeah. Don't make curry again. You always make curry." Um, so they're throwing the shit back at him. So he has to go out grocery shopping, and his stupid little brain is like, oh, "I'll just make curry again," because he's an idiot, because he's a Red Ranger. Like, and and then, like, this small child is like, no, 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 you're picking out, like, the wrong kind of potatoes and things. And it's like, no, no, pick these, this, that, after he drops some stuff. It's like, she's telling him how to properly cook dinner because it's how her mom taught her. And nonsense, and then they're walking mm-hmm. home, and then they almost get killed by Truck Coon and sent into an isekai. Oh, no! But that's where the no. plot happens, because the monster of the week of this episode, Ground Rumbling Saima Beast... Uh, Ganemuja, who's a big green <laughs> elephant, sort of. Ligma? Maybe the name's like a, no, Ganemusha is probably <laughs> like a. I miss Ligma. <laughs> like a Ganesh reference, Sorry. I guess, but. Or he's an elephant and like he sucks energy, not literally, like spiritually. He puts children to sleep. Not with his face. No, not with his face. There's no physical <laughs> okay. contact. Thankfully. But like, um, oh, there, there is like a dream monster thing that's sort of elephant-like in Japanese mythology. Uh, yes, Baku uh, or something. Baku, like that? I believe so. Yeah, which is what uh, Hypno from Pokemon is based yeah. on. Also, there was this whole like Sandman side story oh. about them. Well, isn't, isn't there a battle beast named Dream Eater who's uh, a tapir or something? Oh yeah, they're supposed to look huh. like tapirs, kind of. But did they have a trunk? The, the yeah, he's a tapir. And yeah, he's a reference to the Baku. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, so th- that's where they crash because um, the monster of the week is driving the truck and he's put children to sleep and things and the little girl gets in danger, but also she ends up cooking dinner for them. Oh, later in the episode, like they had to rush out to stop the monster attacking somewhere else. And she comes with a bento box full of the curry you didn't finish and gets caught up in the battle. And it's like, then Red yells at her to get away. It's like, eh, whatever, it's stupid. It's silly. It's <laughs> child-centric episodes happen a lot in Sentai. And 
most of the time they're not good. <laughs> well, it's understandable because the shows are aimed at children. But the problem with child actors not being good is a recurring thing. And it, it's just, it, it detracts from the show kind of even. It, it, it's a endless loop of, it's for kids, but the kid actors suck. I hate episodes with kid <laughs> actors. Uh, did. Like, last episode was real fun. This is a kid actor episode. Easily skippable. And, and the, the punchline of the episode is that it turns out that the little girl has a boyfriend already. And this, somehow this annoys Red. I don't know why. It's, it's dumb. You know why. Because it's stupid and horrible. <laughs> huh? But like, the entire thing was like, she was treating him like a father figure. Who's useless. <laughs> as opposed to her little boy. I think the boyfriend is even also named Matoy. I wasn't entirely paying attention at that point. I was sort of fucking around on my phone. Because... <laughs> Episode focused around a child of the week. Yeah, that's yeah, the thing. You have monsters of the week and children of the week. And, and, uh, not good. Dumb episode based upon a shaggy dog joke about, I already have a boyfriend. Uh, okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh. All right. So until next time, you can find us all over the internet. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. And we have a Patreon. Yes, we are hosted on iaconunderground.net, where we have a Patreon set up to help with hosting and other expenses. That's patreon.com slash iaconunderground. We've got some kimono friends up there. Uh, We are getting pretty close to the end of that series, so we're going to have to find a new go-to charming anime. Uh, and I'm going to have to start plugging Dragon Maid again, but possibly were there, we've we had other <laughs> ideas, and I can't remember what they were. We'll remember them at some point. Someday yeah. there will be movies again. Whenever yeah. they finally dump New Mutants on Disney Plus, we will be there to talk about it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so until next time, when we go uh, when when it is crossover time with Bumblebee to the rescue. Ooh, I watched that one when it aired. That's right. Because it had Bumblebee. That's Much right. like I watched the DuckTales episodes with Gizmo Duck when they aired, because <laughs> why the, Why is Lin-Manuel Miranda in this? <laughs> also, I like Gizmo Duck. <laughs> Sorry. So until next time, I'm Rob. I'm Jen. Don't be touching me, lobster. I'm Dave. Speaking of Lynn Manuel Miranda and DuckTales, I I'm con- I I want to know if the the crab in the opening credits who does not seem to appear anywhere in season one is actually just there to be a reference to Moana. Oh.